Jim's a Jew There goes a Mormon and a Muslim too I see a Buddhist stand up Hindu I see a Catholic and I see you And we're all God's children And we're all God's children We're all bloody God's children Why can't we be Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 160, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the Prof. Carl Riley. Tifty's 160. It is a sweltering Wednesday evening at the minute. I'm not as warm as you now. I am roasting. It's one of them days where you're just absolutely boiling hot, but it's sticky, mm. mild, and humid. Oh, it's the combination of the rain is the worst. Yeah, sure, you got, you got soaked in all sorts of ways earlier on, didn't you? Rain, sweat... The whole lot. It's one of them days. Beautiful if you're sitting out the back chilling on a beer, but not if you are cooped up in a, in a big, <laughs> huge uh, parcel hole with 100 people in it, all sweating and breathing on each other. Uh, yeah, but we shall move on to our fantastic sponsors and, of course, the Ocean Electrical. The, the sponsor for life, um, as usual, they are our fantastic sponsors. They do everything they can for us. Brilliant guys. Check them out. Like we said, we got them a bit of work there recently and a very, very happy on post employee prof. Um, the lovely Tina, believe it or not, who Prof is very fond of, and uh, yeah, so she got uh, she got a bit of work done, and of course, lends their credit, who uh, who just happened to pop up when those when life throws some unexpected missiles at you, they got your back. <laughs> so lends their credit, and of course, Manscaped, who uh, I actually need a trim now with their Prof starting to starting to grow again, so mm. I'll be getting the trimmer out. And that's Manscaped. So enter Tifties, T-F-T-E-S, to get 20% off. A couple of people in work need a trim too, apparently. I thought, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't really know that, but... Oh, right, that, right. Since, we, since we do have a little chat every so often, right, about random things and life, right, you know when you see someone's crack, right, it's obvious that you know that as well. Do you know you're bending over to pick up the milk in the morning to get to... Or you're, you're picking something up off the ground or whatever it is. And you feel that little bit of air going down your trousers. Oh, you know straight away. You know straight away, right? This fella today, both cheeks were out. <laughs> both of them. Seriously, I'm looking in awe. And he dragged the pallet all the way, about 10 feet. And I'm just looking at it. I couldn't take my eyes off. I was looking at it going... How does he not know? And I'm thinking, am I seeing the other things? Am I seeing right said Fred here? Are they popping out for a reunion concert? And right then you just thought, Tifty's 20% off. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was going to get out and say it to him. But yeah, like, you do know, straight off the bat. And I'm always conscious of it as well. If you're picking up something and you're like, right, make sure I'm not, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. I don't want to be the book crack guy. You know what I mean? But Jesus Christ, man. It's whole arse. Couldn't believe it. Uh, and the thing was, he was kind of holding up the pants as well as holding up the pallet. So he was aware. I think he was giving a little treat to the ladies. 
For a man who only like four days ago started a poll on Instagram saying, "Is it not okay to moon away fans anymore?" I know it's you're, just you're, coming full. What's going on here? I'm very offended by this. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm fascinated by how he he he, he just kept going and he didn't adjust himself <laughs> or his waistline. Yeah, that's funny actually that the the mooner thing. Yeah, is it acceptable for moon for mooners at matches? And it was a convincing sixty five percent mooners are back prof. And I'm in the East Stand this week, so it'll be Moon and you fuckers in the in the South Stand. I got Block Q. That's fair. So, uh, yeah, so we move on. Uh, we've two away games. We've walked from the balls to preview and or to review. And then we've Tiffy's in memoriam with Paddy Delahunty, a much-loved hoop to pass away in 2014. So we have a few messages this past week. We've Dale from It's Friday. I'm in love. He said this. He said, lads, I have a pretty decent song for the derby to the tune of Adele. Oh, my God. This better be good. Well, I'm going to leave it up to you. This better be good. I'll have to sing it, do I? Right. I think I have a pretty decent song for Adele. Right, to the tune of Adele. Right, so, never mo- never mind we've signed Danny Mandrew. He was way too good to play for you. So we've got, never mind we've signed Danny Mandrew. He was way too good. No. <laughs> That's nearly as bad as my uh, foreigner. Uh, I want to know what love is attempt at Rory Gaffney. <laughs> and fairness his mind's ticking over he's got robbers on the mind so that's what I'm happy with that I'm happy with that Dale we'll drag you in eventually we'll get you onto the Tifties bus and warp your mind <laughs> that's that's a terrible attempt but here listen fair play he tried could you imagine the whole stand singing Adele not gonna happen well of course our friend Eamon in the States he said uh, should be a bag of cans on the way from you from the four provinces cheers for the podcast it was great to have during lockdown now this this is probably the best surprise I've ever had in my life, right? So I'm lying there, I'm in bed, it was a Wednesday, and I'm face down, coming off the nights, and I hate when someone knocks on the door, because this is gar time, you know? This is gar, I'm sleeping, don't be annoying me. Or to to everyone else, like me and everyone listening, the daytime. <laughs> the, the, yeah, regular people's time, right? <laughs> so I'm there, I'm like, who is this? Open the door, big, huge box, and I'm thinking, this is cans. Straight away. No, not away. Not a smell. I can smell it. I'm thinking to myself, this is, a, this is a box of cans. So I open it up, straight onto Fergal from the four provinces. Is this, this your handiwork? No, not a chance. Don't, I don't know who it is. I says, yeah, you have to know. You packed it and you sent it out to me. Who was it? So he told me who it was. He said, some bloke called Eamon. And I'm there going, who is this? This is a mystery. <laughs> to get to the bottom of it. So I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck? I says, who was it? And eventually... Um, so you don't read your Facebook messages? No, no, it's gone. Facebook's gone. It's dead in the water. But yeah, brilliant stuff from Aim Conville. And uh, a full 24-pack box. There was Poddle in it. There was Lauder. There was Piper. There was Gobfluck. Mine are gone. I just brought props over today. Mine got devoured on the weekend. And the Poddle has been changed. They actually made the World Cup winning beer better. And it's gorgeous. And we'll be there on Friday. There is a rake of Rovers fans going down on Friday to mill points. They're, you're looking at 30, 40 rovers in the four provinces, but big, big thank you to Eamon. Matt, yeah. This is probably one of the most considerate and nicest things we've ever had done for us. Can we have a soundest listener award? Yeah. Can we make it monthly, though? Ooh, can we like set it. up a like a direct debit with Eamon so he can send us cans through direct debit? It's never challenging people to do sound things to send us cans, yeah. It's brilliant, though. Fair play, Eamon. Much, much appreciated. Oh, do you know what I paired it with, Prof? I had some pistachio chocolate with the lauder. There you go. There's your recommendation. Oh, behave. Oh, behave. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
the biggest letdown of the week was that we discovered Giggsy Han's real name was Andrew. I I never wanted to know this. I put it up in the group. It goes, who the fuck is Andrew Hand? And they were like, it's Giggsy. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It was just a letdown. Should have been a really extravagant name. Yeah, like Lovano or Herving. <laughs> no, definitely. It's out the window now. Andrew. That's, a, that's another thing as well. We're going way off topic here. Do you know how many Garys were named last year? I wasn't expecting Nine this question. Nine kids. Nine people got called Gary. In Ireland? In in Ireland. Can you get your stats out for that? Jesus. Nine. We're dying out. I think Carl's are on the way as well. Andrews, Andrews are extinct. Last of a dying breed. And Gary, did you know that you can vote for a Tales from the East End in the British Podcast Awards? You can't. You actually can. Seriously? Because Kieran in work, he was going to vote for the Man United podcast. But he noticed that he could vote for Tifties. What? So he gave us the vote instead. Colin so, yeah. Gar Brennan. Yep, yeah, yup the Brits. Colin Gar Brennan, please, can you help us with this? Considering he has yeah. form. We need every all of our Tifties fans, can you tell them where to go? Why how do you vote for it? Do you want to a website or Google it. Google yeah, the British Google, Podcast Awards. Google British Podcast Awards. I think it says supported by BBC. So maybe it's in the BBC. And vote for Tifties. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's mental. Why do we want to <laughs> I'm going on a march Cause I want Britain to be back British I want Britain to be back British And uh, we had a We had our Player of the Year series last week Continued with the 2003 award winner Glenn Fitzpatrick And on that note we got a message from Jason Walsh McLean uh, He said this to us He said I was down in Wicklow Since Tuesday painting my better half's sitting room I had been blaring the tunes all week, but yesterday I wanted something a little more mellow, so I went with Tifties. Glenn Fitz was brilliant, but I'm not ashamed to say, listen to the Hooperasti talk about what getting back to Tala meant to them personally had me in tears. I was actually bawling my eyes out, listening to the likes of uh, Ross Common Hoops and other who I know personally talk about the depth of feeling they had for our club. Rovers more than a club. Mm. Well done, Gary and Carl. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing as well like even see little shows like this they like I, I listen to a couple of shows and you genuinely just think like I, I, I would 100% be a Patreon I would definitely buy merch you know things like that where it just makes you feel better throughout the week stuff like that it's great it really is it's a, it's a weight off your mind sometimes and we're happy to provide that service for anyone please send us more cans please cans bags of cans please yeah, so the details of a Champions League toy, Prof. Can you sing the Champions League song? Oh, you can, but I won't. <laughs> I'd love to put the... Sing it, Prof. You're going to have to sing it when we're in the stadium. Sing the Europa League team. It's a good, good, good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the details of a Champions League toy, they will be confirmed shortly. Bratislava, Prof. A city I've always wanted to go to. And on one of the top of the list for me, uh, Wednesday, 7th of July, half seven kickoff Irish time in the second leg in Tala. Half five. Half five, sorry, half five kickoff. And uh, the second leg is in talent on the thirteenth. So, um, possibly a good thing to be playing away. Go over, get a nice like tight draw, and then win it in Tala. You know things like that. Not too sure. Won't talk about it too much. And did you hear the news, Gar? Bow's home leg against our old friend Starnan is in the Aviva. Mm. So it's taken them eleven years. The running joke is over, Gar, on the podcast. What about Tala? Just use Tala. I'd rather see them in Tala than in the Aviva. They're going to see the inside of you the Aviva. You never know, bruv. 
you never know. Stranger things have happened. So I'm not sure what how that percentage works. I was hearing it's going to be either three or six thousand uh, they'd be allowed to have at the game. And I think when the last chatting about it, like when was the last time Bowes had more than three to three and a half thousand? Their full capacity daily mm-hmm. mill now. When was the last time they had more than four or five? It'll tell a tale, won't it? Must be like one or two decades. Yeah, long time ago. It's a prop four one. At Waterford out in the RSC. I still haven't been in the RSC. Can you believe that? You were in at that game with the Reese Marshall goal last year, no? no? Well, maybe I could have been in body. Maybe not mm. in mind and spirit. But, uh, yeah, uh, 4-1. And um, we uh, unexpected inclusion into the fourth team was Chris McCann. Yeah, Berkey came in for... Or Chris McCant. Perky came in for, <laughs> for Gary O'Neill, so you were asking me did we get the team right? I don't think so. I don't no. think we would have predicted McCann starting again. He's just not doing it for me. He's just not doing it for me. And I think like you, you can see he's got ability. But I think I don't know, he has just seemed to have doesn't have the legs. And do you know what the funny thing is? Like he's he seems like one of the elder statesmen of the team. He's the same age as Stokesy. Same age as me. You know what I mean? He's not that old. I mean, I appreciate how much of a tidy player he is in the ball, but it's all about what are you contributing to our to us attacking and yeah. defensively. I think could we think of anywhere else to play him? Even I don't know, but he's um he's tidy. He'd be great in the five sides, I'd say. But yeah, so four one. Finn and Cavo announced that being back, and Finn on the bench, but Cavo didn't travel, so we're gradually getting there, getting our players back. Hopefully, full fitness soon enough for Europe. Anyway, uh. Did you get you? You didn't head down, Prof. Though. Did you see Mark Bertram's pre-match interview? No. No. What do you say? No. He, oh, I, 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 you <laughs> little John Pico, Jason Pico. Oh, I, yeah, Is that verbatim what he said? <laughs> I think that's a genuine quote. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that was Mark. Yeah. So Prof. Ward for the crowd. How many? Hundred? Two hundred? Couple of hundred. Uh, 100 I think uh, you can hear now they, they weren't they weren't really making noise it was just mm. more random screams wasn't it random abuse it was a bit of novelty I suppose because every game so far is just the usual eerie silence and echoes and stuff like a training session yeah um, England and Scotland were playing on the same night so Twig of Scotland was belted out what best the anthem ever anthems. that and that and the Italian anthem mm. the heavyweight clash of the century some people using LOI TV for the first time, and some people, you know exactly what I mean, wait until 7.30 on the Friday to say, I never got an LOI TV code, what do I do? Does this slowly... Do you need any prizes for who I am talking does, about? Does this slowly morph into a certain segment that we used to enjoy? <laughs> no. We need to build up a bit more first. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well he's back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Waterford Crowd Prof, a little bit of a novelty, like you said. As for the stream, well, it's, it's all been said before, it was pretty terrible. Yeah, shocking. I think I think Matty O'Dowd said it was six stream, six minutes at worst. So that's pretty bad, like, that's pretty bad. Six minutes behind is terrible. Well, the, like, you guys were texting about the third goal. And I had to sit there for four minutes and wait for it to go in. Four minutes. You know how annoying that is? Mm, it is, it's really We kicked off 15 minutes before the England game. And yet, when our full-time whistle blew, 
and I had England on mute in the background of the TV. I looked up, England was in the 87th minute. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. And now, in fairness, do they do test runs? Do they test run this type of thing? Do they, let's say, I don't know, the guys who were involved in the whole streaming process, do they have kids, do they have dogs? They could just put them on the pitch, do a trial run, and fucking record it and, and, and stream it and see if it works. Did that happen? I don't know. That's usually what you do, you do a trial run. Well, uh, just to clarify something, like Waterford, the club, are getting a lot of criticism. But apparently, this could happen to any club. It's, it's Apparently, it's the platform that you order the stream from. So everybody uses the same that's, one? That's where the problems were. So actually, it's not the club's fault. So is it the... Do they all, they all use different ones, don't they? Everybody uses their own individual one. Well, it's a new platform. The, one, the old one was the, the, the GAA one. Uh, what were they called again? Something Go. Oh no, I didn't know it. That was the problem. Like Waterford choosing to use their radio commentary. You know, that's all in their own hands. Uh, but this stuff was outside their hands. But um, streaming in general was like it was quite like it was. It would pause now and then, and it was a bit choppy. So yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Like our second half report is not going to be very good here because no. <laughs> we missed a lot of it. Uh, but there was replays. Actual replays, girl. Yeah, yeah. You just knew about it six minutes in advance. <laughs> but yeah, we got off to a, a absolute stinker, and um, it was an attack on the left and a deflected shot. Malloy, Manus already had dived, and then the shot got deflected and went in. Ended up in the middle of the goal. <coughs> the finish deflected off Sean Hoare. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one nil down. So at this stage, we've had five clean sheets. In our first 16 games of the season. Like, that's a poor that's return. Really poor, man, considering our, our previous, our, our, from last year, you know. Um, sixth, so what would we have? The sixth minute, let's all make that clear. The sixth minute, ooh, ah, Paul McGrath won the golden goal. <laughs> we will now, we, Prof is actually the one who decides on golden goals because he rewinds onto the, onto the <laughs> minute on, on the stream. So that's how we're going to decide to avoid any madness again. But uh, we had the 14 minute with a book. Equaliser prof Penno uh, handball and uh, I mean dubious at times was it a handball handballs are just so borderline now they're hard to gauge yeah like if your hands are down by your side right say you're touching the right side the left and the right side of the outside of your knee with both your hands and let's say your both your hands are out but they're still below your waist is that regarded as a natural position is if a ball hits your hand, if you lift it slightly above your waist and the ball hits, like it's, it's a hard one to call nowadays. There's a few grey. I think there'll be a tidying there? up of the rules like they did with the likes of the walls, and uh, playing the ball out from being you can play a ball out from the goal kick in the box, things like that. And you can a defender can receive it in the box. I think they're gonna probably tidy it up. They have to tidy up the handball. But then again, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's always inches, isn't it? I didn't think it was clear cut, but I was actually just. Surprised more than anything that we got a penalty because I was convinced we were going to go the rest <laughs> of the season without getting one. Jeez, we had some stinking decisions against us, but but uh, the rest of the first half, then they actually had two or three really good chances. Yeah. Like we offered up way too many. There was one where there was a curling shot from inside the box, which if there had been any power on it, would have given Manus more trouble. Yeah, but he said that there was a header from Malloy five Again. minutes before the break, like glaring chance. So you're getting you're pretty worried this stage. Like we're looking pretty ropey at the back. We are ropey as fuck at the back. We'll talk more about. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the frustrations for the other game. 
But we, we are Robbie at the back, and it's it's down to a cum, culmination of things. Um, it's Joey. Joey's gone, and we've been swatching, swatching and swipping, switching <laughs> and swapping our centre halves, and it's ultimately down to the lack of organisation and the influence that Joey had on the team. That's that's who it is for me. It's simple. If you look at last year, Pico, Pico and Joey, how many consecutive games did they start together? And they would have had Scales or Grace alongside them every single week. Yeah. This season, Pico has sometimes gone away in the international duty. Joey has been injured for some of it. It's been a different back three a lot of the time. Yeah. Sometimes Scales had to go left wing back. That could be that's the factor bring back the beard that too that as well but yeah so half time prof and we did um, have a chance actually ourselves uh, there was one where Greener was in the box and it just needed the right cut back to Burke oh, who yeah, was in acres yeah, of space yeah, yeah. but it was kind of behind him and then Burkey tried to tee up Danny and then suddenly we've gone from a one on one chance to we're up against five Waterford players in the box because oh. uh, we overcomplicated things they just got back in numbers and crowded us out. So, like we said, going into going in at one off and thinking to ourselves, here we go again. Like this is this is another poor performance. But forty eight minute probably came over half time and um, Gaffney. This was a super finish. Oh yes, absolutely brilliant finish. Um, bit of hesitation from their centre half. Ball. Similar to the Harps goal, he capitalised on a yeah, like yeah. a dreadful defensive error. Who I'm not sure who made the pass. I can't remember who made the pass, but either way, it was a superb bit of fucking frustrate or um, a bit a bit of harrying from Gaffney, and he chased it down and bullet finish off the post. Brilliant, really, really like that finish. And we're <laughs> I'm gonna say where was this guy against balls? Um, super finish there. So that was a uh, so we started to kind of get a foothold on the game then, and then we decided to go and bag another one twelve minutes later with Borky and I like this. This was nice. This was a nice bit of play from Greener, but the defending was terrible. So Greener ended yeah. up nearly going out of play. Did a little pivot, left foot, long, kind of floated it into the box, little ping, and then Greener just or Borky just kind of taps it in. But where was the defense? He was totally unmarked. Totally, totally unmarked. And I was looking around, going, oh, "The play has stopped here. Like the play has stopped. What's going on?" It's an unusual finish where he just casually poked the pass yeah, to keeper. Yeah, and it was real training ground, like wasn't it? It was, yeah. that was that's the way that's the vibe he gave me like no celebrations and stuff like that's brutal but uh yeah a little clip as you'd say probably a little clip in or a little a little dink and can we please clear up before we go any further there's a difference between a dink and a chip can we can can we can we sort that out can you explain the difference between a dink and a chip you obviously want it so I'll, or a lob I'll, I'll a lob no a lob and a chip there's a difference between a lob and a chip a chip is are you listening not that noise where your your foot is going into the ground, you're going into the old dirt. You there. use you're going into the dirt. You use your foot like a shovel. Dirt flies. Dirt flies. It, there's an explosion of dirt and explosion of muck. So dirt flies, and then the chip is gone. A lob is when the ball's more than likely been bouncing or in the air already, and it goes over the keeper's head and bounce in. That's a lob. There's no chipping involved. There's a difference. Or you just kind of scoop it upwards in one. Motion. Oh no, scoops different. Ooh. Don't let's not get into scoops <laughs> or dinks. Can we not get into scoops? Can we not get into sco- scoops, dinks, chips? I've, I've got my box of puddle here. We could always <laughs> yeah. get into it. scoops, dinks, chips, and lobs. It's the name of a new podcast. So yeah, 
and a um, couple of subs. Great to see the Finner man come on and Gary O'Neill, who's been indifferent this season as well. And I was only thinking who the player of the season would be. <sighs> who, who are you calling? Like, <laughs> Scales hasn't been going through the, the raid. Like, it's been brilliant since he had, had got that bit of form. Danny Mandrew has been really good for me. I, I've liked him mm-hmm. the last while, but even playing deep when I saw us and it was top of me in the world, the balls, the balls team, she playing further up. I was delighted to see him. So, um, with the greener goal as well. Now this goal, this goal was 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 lovely. This was a lovely, mm-hmm. lovely team goal. A little, um, did you see watch? Did you see this left footed ball from Gaffney? Oh yes. This was a first time pass, or a curver. Around, so he's on the left side. He curves it with his left foot, daisy cutter style, even you could say, round every defender. And Greener just passes it in with his right foot, literally rolls it in. But he was still further out in the penalty spot. I didn't appreciate this enough at the time. Oh, when I watched wow. it back, this was a fantastic. And that's what you have with pass. Gaffney, isn't it? That's what you have with him. Yeah. Magic goal, it really was. It shows that we know. Like five games ago, we were calling for these two not to play together. Anymore. Yeah, but then we decided. But, uh, we saw a little bit of potential mm. and now we want them to play more. But they're obviously developing a bit of an understanding yeah. and a lovely side foot finish on oh, the right foot. Yes, very deft, wasn't it? Quick staff you. So at this point, in our last 24 games, we'd only won two of them by more than two goals. And both were against Waterford. Jesus. And in that time, other than Berkey in this game, the only other player to score a brace was Aaron McIniff twice in the FBI Cup. Jeez, it's not great, Prof. I don't like these stats. Nutsy's going to ban you again. <laughs> yeah. So subs, Prof, with five with an eye on Monday. And Idemo, I, 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 uh, I was talking to a former Rovers player yesterday and he corrected me. And I, I was just like, Idemo, Idemo. He was like, Idemo. The dub way. Idemo. I was like, Idemo. He's like, Idemo. <laughs> but yeah so Idemo uh, came on and he was uh, very very sharp and unlucky um, impressive cameo yeah uh, some pace he has something we don't have at the minute yeah. though like where is the pace in our team it's, it's not there like I'm not, we won't get into it yeah we won't get into it there's no rants yet we won't rant about Waterford right you had a nice uh, dribble down the line apparently uh, which I probably missed because the stream etc I think but, Rose uh, were warming up on your stream at the time. But yeah, like you say, you know, it's cool to have a player with that ability. I can go past players. What an option to have on the bench as well. And um, yeah, uh, Lee Gray slimmed off. Apparently he uh, there was a reoccurrence of a knock he had against Harps. But he did play against Bows though. Mm-hmm. So he was fit to play. Uh, Lee Gray's prof limping off. Not good. Grace has not been himself two years ago. He was a Rolls Royce. Now he's in the San Almeida. Um, I'm not sure what to think anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's he's just not the same player. I mean, I hope it's not a crisis of confidence because we know the ability is there, but we just want him to play better. Hopefully, he's not injured as well. So that win puts three points clear at the top of the table Friday night, and we were happy men. Mm-hmm. We were happy men sitting we were, there. We were thinking that's a nice boost before the derby. Four yeah. goals. We're still. As people keep saying, we're still in first gear, but then you're kind of wondering... I think we, we're in neutral. Are we going to move up a gear? It's been 16 games now. At the moment, there's cars behind us beeping. <laughs> That's what's going on. 
But in, we, we, have, <laughs> we tightened up second half though, and we we stepped it up a gear second half for sure in this game, and we were a lot happier. But still concerned the way we're defending and the kind of goals we're conceding mm. are very suspect. But Bose, Prof, we moved on to Bose, and um, I'm hoping you don't have any voice clips from from me pre-game because I was not confident at all. No, I wasn't. I either. wasn't confident on the Friday, and I texted you and I said, "Listen, I'm I'm not confident. I don't know why. I just can't." Now, in fairness, we've been watching a little bit of Bowes. They're a good team at the minute. They're the farm team. Them and Drotted were the four team farm teams when they played Drotted and they spanked them five 0 at home. And I just thought to myself, it's not a good time to be getting them, especially in Daily Mount. And to me, they, yeah, to me, it was their home farm, and they were racking up the goals. In saying that, they weren't amazing on the night. We we lost one of the balls. We haven't we haven't said that in a long time. We lost the balls, but they like we said, I wasn't confident. I just we we could have won six seven nil against Waterford, and I just. I just felt we didn't have an. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what it was. I just wasn't confident, right? Mm. We Aussie uh, Nate and Dave Scully in the post pre-match coverage. Who's this Bose wanker being interviewed? Who's this right? We had some fantastic insight by Scully, such as, "I think the game will be won with the forwards and the midfielders." Yeah, he said that the pitch looked grey, and there was there was a close-up picture by George Kelly, like he got. Right into the dirt and the chalk on the pitch, and this thing was in bits. <laughs> like, what is this commentary talking about? Oh, and I think I think whilst another classic Dave Scully quote, I think he said, "When you get the ball, at kick it <laughs> into the net, and then you win." And then they mentioned something about him scoring in Europe, and then he said, "You know the keeper, he has to catch it." And then throw it to the, to the defender. It's incredible now. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And then I think so he said something along the lines, you know when the ball comes in, <laughs> you get the header. And you use your head. So well done, Dave Scully. Not allowed to use your hand. <laughs> Not allowed to use your hand. <laughs> oh my God. And it was like something, do you, ever, do you remember that? I think it was Fran was the name of this Lencer Senior parody programme years ago. You can only imagine him going, yeah, left to the right, and clip, it, clip it into the fullbacks. Pressure, and I'd say whenever he clears the ball, he goes, Get out! Get out! <laughs> One of them. But yeah, well, unfortunately, it wasn't a good night for us. But the team. Was, this was actually our um, our first Eddie Mount Derby with no crowd, without full crowd, which is kind of mad. I mean, we're, what, 15, 16, 17 months into COVID. I feel like, just felt like we'd already played everybody home and away. Yeah. So the last Eddie Mount game we played. Was the greener winner? The full crowd. It's kind Jesus, of mad. That's a big one, isn't it? So they had a hundred balls fans there. Sounded and, like a uh, hundred balls fans as well. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, the kind of abuse you'd expect. Berkey got abused. Manus abused. Seriously, um, serious amount of reprobates in that crowd. One fella admitted on Twitter that he did it. That well, he abused like, who Manus. Does that? Who who does that anymore? I know we take the piss out of people on it, but come on, the standards. You know what I mean? You never stoop as low as to as to abuse someone over something like that. Like I mean, come on, you can take the piss and your cat here, Carl. You this cat is about to <laughs> absolutely volley me over. There's a glass door between us. That you? has that will do nothing. Will you calm down? That will do nothing. Look, scratching at it already. 
Looking at my bare calves. There was something from Carl Kearns. I really enjoyed this. He goes, he knows a Bose fan who's gone mad that they're drawing names in alphabetical order. He's been a member since he was he was 11 and he didn't get a ticket and some crusty tree hugger will get in instead. Fucking bushwhacker Billy <laughs> out there selling slow roasted Guatemalan peanut coffee and he's after getting in ahead of a fucking season yeah. ticket holder from the age of 11 that is what bowls are all about nowadays but it's alright PJ Gallagher can do the media list and check people in the fucking blow in ah unbelievable I'm a um, member <laughs> so uh, yeah the team prof we don't need in for Green and Pico captain and I wasn't happy that Green didn't start Green starts the derby has Green or missed a derby since he came Green in Green starts the derby I don't think he's missed one you start Green or in the derby in my opinion I think he just has he has it he's, it's like remember booked our hands like that's what you do he's there for that well, I agree with O'Neill coming in because O'Neill has been at the centre of the five wins in a row for Bows very he, true he's played great in pretty much all of them underwhelming to say the least I'd imagine I was actually a bit disappointed with him this game yep yep underwhelming but uh, the four chances in the first 20 minutes prof this right I'm going to give Bows one compliment I enjoyed the stream. Not not the commentary. I enjoyed the cameras they used. I, they they had this angle and... I thought it was a bit far away though. ...filter they used that kind of made it look like a documentary at times. Mm. I did enjoy that. Do you, you not find the distance from the it, pitch? Was... A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But whatever whatever camera they used, that some, sometimes it, it panned as if it was a documentary. Like, it looked mm. good. I think it's the same cameras. I think it's push-pull media they use for like all the little videos and stuff. That's the only compliment I give. In general, yeah, no, the stream stream was was very good, no complaints. Um, I want you to run me through these chances so I can so I can gut gut your analysis. You want to gut my analysis? No, uh, no, gutting your analysis is a bit harsh. I want to gut something. I'll think of something to gut. Okay, so the four chances, right? We have Gaffney in the eighth minute, where the ball falls to him in the box, and he's got a lot more time than he seems to think he has, and he. Blasts it over the bar. Mm. This is arguably the best chance of the four. So the fourth one. Straight after that. Um, was this Gaffney or Gannon? I think, uh, I think I, it was Gaffney. I think this is the one you're talking about. Does he he- does he hesitate? The second one. He's he's on the he's from a tight angle. Uh, in the box, and then the ball comes down off the underside of the bar. Is this Gaffney or Gannon? Possibly. I'm not too sure. I'm thinking of the one where he hesitates. And he tries to go around someone where he should have just shoot, should have just shot straight Is away. Is this a Talbot save? I don't think he even saved. Well, the next one is a Talbot save, 15th minute. Again, from the right side inside the box. Yeah, Talbot gets yeah, a good yeah, hand yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this stage, you're talking Gaffney, he could have had a hat trick. And then after this, he drags it wide from nearly an identical position. This looks like one of like those. Like Georgie Kelly's, wasn't it? Similar so this position. This one does cross come shots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where tough not, one, tough one. I'm not sure. Was he trying to pick out? Uh, was it Berkey? Or having a, or have a shot? But uh, no, disappointing so, effort. Sometimes in a derby, you only get one of these. It's four and twenty. It was just really frustrating. It really was. But it was like, it was a great way to start the derby. A like, great way to come out of blocks in Dalymount Park. Do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but I, why did I fear the worst then, though? I actually didn't believe it or not because like in my head I was thinking to myself like these aren't really pressuring us I think their first shot on goal was the goal was, was the Georgie Kelly goal 
So I was thinking to myself, okay, we'll tip away here. We're up for it. We've got a couple of chances already. Like we're starting to play well here. Your man Devoy in the middle is very good. Just mm. I look forward to seeing him in the hoops next year. Same with Wilson. Uh, Ali Coote had a good game for them. Yeah, Ali Coote was good in the middle. But now my feeling after the 20 minutes was <laughs> we're going to regret this. <sighs> well, the second the third chance, the one where he hesitated in the box to try to take it around somebody he should have hit first time, I was thinking to myself, fucking hit them. Gaffney of all players. Lethal in fucking Waterford, you know what I mean? But mm. really frustrating and um, all over them. All fucking over them and then... Mandroyu run the show, although then they they uh, put Buckley on him to shack at him. Yeah. So he wasn't as effective from that point. I, I thought man Mandroyu was really good. I, I really did. And now in fairness, he got kicked a couple of times and some people say he got muscled and a little bit intimidated I, I don't I don't really buy that you've got two and three players around you every time because they know you're the danger man they're kicking lumps out of you there's only so much you can do I don't believe he was I don't know bullied might be hard because they're, they're kind of saying that he was shying away from it I thought Manju looked lethal on the ball every time same mm. with Bourke those when Bourke runs at you it must be terrifying as a defender because he has this way of just skipping by it and then unleashing a shot and he did it once in the second half we'll move on to that soon but he's he's when he was on it, he loves playing against balls. But Bork loves playing against balls because they do give mm. him stick and he loves scoring against them. But I thought with those two where they were, Mandrew and Bork just behind our striker, they're really, really good when they're on it. It just it wouldn't go in for us. It just really wouldn't go in for us. But all over them, half time prof more fucking poets and videos. Slow dramatic videos and poetry. And uh, do you notice there was no replays? Unless it suited them. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They were totally, totally biased as well, which goes against the regulations. Now, <laughs> I said last on a show before, I don't mind being biased, so I can't say that. I can't. I, I didn't mind the biasness of the home. I can't say I was annoyed by the the jabs. Because I mean, we, it wasn't, I thought we, it wasn't that annoying. Like we, we, I found it kind of funny in a way, because I'd be thinking, okay, well, he's getting a few digs in we, there. We, like. we take the piss out of them. Exactly. He got a couple of digs in. He got his... Yeah. Fucking the Twiggy Europe goal in. That was inevitable. You got a couple yeah. of them in, you know. Some people losing the rag over it though. I don't, ah, don't it's, understand it's, that. It's natural, isn't it? But yeah. in terms of the actual like the like the quality of the commentary, it was just there was a few things like uh apart from Rovers having gr- three great chances, it's been pretty even the first half. There was one where it goes like the void with a good ball down the left. Like it goes ten yards out for a throw in. <laughs> it's like the old Ray Wilkins commentary. It's like me. I know that's normally my thing. Ray Wilkins on on uh, I think it was during maybe the Euros or World Cups years ago. Uh, a player would like launch a ball and only be in the air, and he goes, "What the ball that is!" And it fucking goes out for a, a corner Smash or a, a for a goal kick. But yeah, no, it was a. Uh, in fairness, the Bowes fans kind of behaved themselves. They had a mob watching over them. The mob that is the backroom team. Did you see Chef Ray and Mal and the rest of the gang? They were just watching over the Bowes boys. They knew not to mess around. With our... Can I say something as well? Can Ray Whelan stand still? No. Watch him. He came up on this stream a couple of times, right? He can't stand still. He's constantly going left to right, doing little <laughs> twirls, walking around, the hands in the pockets. I was looking at him I was like, he can't sit still. It's the same in too much paprika, I reckon. If there's ever a goal on Tala between the 45th and the 53rd minute, Ray Whelan will not see it. No. He's never in his seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, going into the second half, uh, three players on, on yellow cars, that was kind of a worry. Yeah, Neil Neil Doyle finally 
going against us. It's it's typical, isn't it? He's like, right, I'm gonna have to have a bad one tonight to convince them that I don't really like Rovers. You know, sell programs and they're already yes, Tommy Tormy, you love this one. But they were bad yellows in my opinion. I I mm. think like they were harsh. A couple of times they could have been booked as well for something similar, you know. What was it? Two two centre backs and McCann. Yeah, well great the like the second like your your centre backs, like McCann, the second he got booked early, I just thought to myself, Give him off. He's he's not mobile enough to play in the middle of the park there, even though it's Buckley. But little Devoy and Tierney, they'll they'll just nip around him and he's gonna fold him. Fairness, we kept Tierney very quiet in the first yeah, half. Yeah, I, I still like him. Though. I think, he's, I think mm. he's really good. He's going to look great in the like hoops he, next year. He was he was superb in Tala. Yeah, yeah. Young Devoy as well. He looked great in the hoops as well. Um, yeah, now we've got go some good young players there. All going to look great in the hoops. But, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Finner, the return of Ronan Finn. Mark Turner. Blown his muck everywhere. Uh Great, great, and do you know what? Do you know, what? I just missed the press. I missed the Finner press, where he just harasses and harasses players and teams, and he leads the press. And we just didn't have that lately. But it's great to have that option. Think mm. about it. We'd Ronan Finn in the middle of the park. It's great to have a midfield option on the bench because if you think about our last five, six games, and we've been looking at our bench, it's basically just been, you know, will we throw on Dean Williams mm. or? Or maybe we may have a centre back there or something, but like, it feels like ages since we had. Can we make a midfield switch? We're just stuck with it. Haven't we been? We've been laboured with that with that midfield, and it's just really refreshing to have Finner back, and just give us an option. You know, give us an option. Mm-hmm. There we go. There's our option in the middle of the park. Good stuff. But so uh, Chris McCann was actually injured there this week. Came off shortly into the second half. Yeah. Or Charity McCann. As I said, the bottom of the screen. Charlie McCann, yeah. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, Prof 56 minutes to go by Georgie Kelly. Ball in from the left. And he rolls Pico like he's not even there. Last year's Pico, George Kelly bounces off him into the Jody stand. That's what happened. Stands his ground, bounces him around the place, takes the ball, little pass into the midfield. That's what happens last year. Now, he just rolls him like he's not there. And it was a great finish in fairness. I can't I can't well, Kelly, say. Kelly looked confident and dangerous all night yeah. and he's he's scored a load of goals this season already, so I couldn't I'm trying believe to it. I'm trying to be generous to Pico, but he, he did too easily get the better of him. Yeah, here. and I couldn't believe it. Because it was like it was mm. so blatant and it was like schoolboy stuff, you know, it's not like mm. Pico. It really isn't and it's just upsetting. And we had runs on the pitch. Runts on the pitch when yeah. this goal goes in because <laughs> the ball stewards can't manage one hundred people. One hundred people. There you go. A hundred people. Um. So yeah, immediately responded profit a good shot from Danny, and Talbot got down to save with uh, Dan saved the game from both couple of minutes. Was that the double save where Greener missed the missed the header, but it was offside? That was a rasping shot from Borky on his no, left foot. That was shortly afterwards. But, um, These, we had the chances like we did and Talbot was having the game of his life he had a stormer in fairness to him he, he shit his cacks the last two years not against a us. fan on the ground no wonder he had a good game <laughs> he shit his cacks <laughs> for once he had a good game yeah but uh, now we really came at them mm. after this goal in fairness to us like you said Burke always looks really dangerous when he runs at you like we were uh, gonna lose eventually we were and it ha- happened because we've had injury crisis and we're not playing well we need reinvigoration. We can, need. Can we say we have an injury crisis anymore? We're basically 
we're missing Watson and Joey. Yep. Who are yeah, two yeah. important players. Very true, yeah. But on another day, the four chances in the first 20 minutes, the shot from Bork, the shot from Danny, they all go in. Greener's onside another day. It's football. That's what happens. But you can still be critical of how wasteful we were in the second half. Yeah, because yeah, definitely. Because there so yeah. many just wasted balls in. And of course, the Parsons course strike struck again with, I think, 80 minutes gone. What did I turn around and say? goes, we'll get one chance. We didn't get that chance. <laughs> Normally you do. Between 80 and 95 or the added yeah. on time, you get that chance. We didn't fucking get it. Little stupid thing. Do you know what? One of the most frustrating things about football for me is when you're you need that bit of pressure to be applied to the opposite to the opposition, and you're down a goal. It's the 85th minute, and you give away a free in your own half, and then they get the ball somehow, and they they receive their winger receives it left wing up the top into the corner, and you just can't get it off them, and it wastes another minute. That is one of the most infuriating things for me in football. I really, really can't stand it. You just and because you're probably either gonna fail them. Or you just they're just gonna waste time. So, unfortunately, yeah. So here's the one that you were talking about: the tablet save, the rasper, 80th minute, and then again from Greener's header on the rebound, but uh, ruled offside. Just, just on their goal, by the way. Just uh, another stat that you won't like that made it one clean sheet in our last eight games. And here's the one that kind of worries me. Right, <laughs> this was the fifth time in eight games that we have gone one nil down. That, that's that's the thing it's becoming commonplace it's becoming commonplace where we're, like Waterford you know what I mean these things are happening we're just not the same defensively mm. is it a mental block is it something do we need zen do we need some sort of retreat where we just cleanse our minds the players of of negativity is there something there that we need can we get that who what did Glenn Hoddle what did Glenn Hoddle get in the World Cup <laughs> this guru Ray Parler sat down and there was supposed to be like um, R- Recky Yuri Getter Ben yeah, and yeah, and he sat down to get like some sort of treatment and he said yeah two back in sides and he got sent home from the fucking World Cup do we need something like that it's just not happening for us at the minute maybe mentally we're tired yeah but like you said this was Bo's first uh, chance first shot and goal Harps took their chance they punished us I know they made Paris they did make a couple more chances in Farrington but, um, can we have a rewind can we have a rewind and give Gary P his props about how we are being attacked as a football team every time Finn Harps was one every time we send our fullbacks forward we are targeted if the ball is broken or balls gained back from the opposition they target Sean Gannon or they target our left wing back whoever it is whoever it may be that is what has been happening Foley scored from it they, tar- uh, they won the back in the middle of the park and it kind of got it was out that direction and they squared it into they passed it into Georgia Kelly that is where teams mm. operate against us they will say here's what happens they send their fullbacks flying up the field because they think Gary O'Neill is going to step back and perform maybe the fourth centre half or the fourth defender's role we're not quick enough to get back at the moment they expose us and they play it in around their fullbacks and that's where they come from and that's where the goals have been coming from and it's been happening every time every single time does every it remind you of when Ethan Boyle used to be targeted Similar, yeah, a it right is kind back. of similar. They're, tar- like, they're targeting Gannon. I think Luke Byrne used to be targeted yes, left back 100%, years ago. 100%, yeah, great show, prof. But as we say, prof, big Barney, he says, uh, Rovers never do the easy way, so we won't panic yet. I think I, I understand, although I'm not going near Rovers yet. Nowhere near it. I, did, I told you, but you're giving out to me for not having Messenger. Facebook app has been deleted. <laughs> 
bring back the forum, bar the chat, and you have to be vetted before you get in. But I think, I think what's annoying people is that like, we don't have a 2019 type follower challenger here. We've got Sligo and St. Pat's who were, if we if we were putting any sort of decent run together right now. You say decent? Decent. You're getting very Ollie. How are you? Stop. <laughs> we would have pulled away from them. Like Pat's being top of the league, that says it all. Like we've got we've got a resurgent Bowes who started slowly, but they're in great form now. In fairness to them, uh, we've seen them fall away year after year, but maybe it won't happen this time. But the point is, the competition is not as strong as it was in previous years, and yet we're just kind of hanging in with our challengers at the moment. But in fairness, they're they're not exceptional either. You've got Sligo, who I think will probably go a little bit further than Pat's. Pat's who scores goals if Cochrane gets injured. Who runs the game from if Forrester has has a couple of bad streaks? Like their their squad depth won't last for me. I think Sligo might be able to cope. Pat's had one win in five there. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And Bowes had a little blip as well. Top. Now we're not we're just kind of motoring along in the middle. You know, we're a little bit we're like seven out of ten every game. And we're we're still joint top, like we're joint top at the minute. There's no crisis. We're just not playing anywhere as near as good as we did last year and ultimately it's down to having a magical player like Jack Bourne and an enigmatic player like Aaron McLeave your team trying to replace them and then you just cannot play the same way. You cannot play the same way when a person like Jack Bourne leaves. He is the heart he was the heart and soul of that team. The creative genius that he brought to it cannot be copied and they come across how many how often we come across these players? Name them. Joey Indo, Richie Tell, Jack Bourne. Name another magic player that you can think of. You'd have to go back to Pat Byrne. These are the like you know what I mean. Like I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a couple, but they're the ones straight off the top of the head. They're all in that bracket. They don't come along that often, and they're extremely hard to replace. And we're just we like look what he did last year. Look what Jack Bourne did last year. He was fucking phenomenal. We've we've lost that, so we need to adapt. We need to evolve. We need to change how we play. And I think Bradzard is trying that. He's not trying to center the game around anybody. He's trying to make Borky and Mandrew are focal points of the attack and I think they will work very well together once we get a little bit of solidarity as regards to our midfield a little bit of solidarity with our defence and get a, like a solid back three when Joey comes back I think we're going to kick on in the second half of the season I really do once we're all fit Richie Towell in the team Borkin Mandrew fucking firing all cylinders you've got to be as confident of that you mentioned Richie Towell there if you remember 2018 we had to wait until we brought in Adam Manis so we had a hard first half oh, of the season oh, oh, with these horrible with these goalkeepers, and then Alan Manis comes in. This season is turning into before and after towel. Oh my god, not a bad show, Prof. No, but I mean, is it being built up that way too I much? Hope, oh no, I hope not. Oh, I have no expectations. This is before he's kicked the ball, albeit in a friendly last night. But without <laughs> even seeing him, this whole season has become before and after towel. Type of fella that might not get. I don't think he's a confident dude don't think he'd be affected by it but he knows he has to perform when he comes in I think he'll raise the bar have you seen him mm. as regards to his fitness his commitment and things like that I think he's going to raise the bar come in and just do his thing I'm hoping hoping it gets us out of fucking quagmire or whatever you want to say but it's it's not it's not nice losing the balls there's plenty of positives to come from it and uh, listen we go again prof how dare you say that? <laughs> Fucking saying. 
we were debating the merits of a derby on a Monday, weren't we, before the game? And I think it was Jake that says it ruins it ruins your midweek. It ru- the whole week's fucked. Never mind ruin the weekend. The whole week is fucked. Your whole midweek is fucked. But the thing is as well, like uh, this whole madness of would you take a draw? Where do you stand on that actually? Oh, you know exactly how I feel. That can get out of club. Never. Never. Imagine, imagine taking a draw before the game. You could have been four 0 up there in twenty minutes. Ninety minutes of football. See this whole. Talbot could have been sent off. Would from you take kick-off. a draw? No, it wouldn't. Here's a here's a mad stat. You, I know you're probably going to hate my stats tonight, but yeah, I just think this is crazy. Since June 2018, we played 87 league games and lost 13 times. All of the defeats were to either Dundalk, Bowes or Sligo. Mm. Only Dundalk, Bowes and Sligo have beaten us in 87 league games. Jesus. No other club. Do you remember the? Remember we couldn't beat the top three? Remember we couldn't beat the big clubs? Remember that big streak we went on without beating Dundalk? Oh, they're nuts. Remember that? Yeah, but for most of the streak, Sligo have not been a big club. Yeah, yeah, true. We just... They just tend to beat us a couple of times. I can't right, so that's it for the stats. Anyway, that's definitely it for the stats tonight. I'm not having any more. I have one more later, but tonight's for fuck's sake. Right, <laughs> so that was the end of the game and um Daily Mount. We went Daily Mount. We left with nothing. But we had a friendly last night, prop. Some positive performances and uh this was had Twitter buzzing. Twitter was buzzing. Uh like there's Daily Mount bees and um Bees? <laughs> Bees <laughs> in an interview. So yeah, no, we had um, we become thirty six nil in the friendly in Tala Tuesday night, and we used it to get minutes into the players' legs for those returning to fitness. Yeah, the team was uh, Pauls, Murphy, Hand, Morachioman, Wells, Towell, Nugent, Noonan, Duffy, Williams, and Anthony Stokes. Anthony Stokes, isn't this mental? I mean. I couldn't believe it. Um, did I think he got a knock? Did he? No, he was just all shook up. Yeah, no. Do you know where he was staying? Uh, the Heartbreak Hotel. <sighs> That's in the ghetto, isn't it? Little hound dog. <sighs> Tell you what, be some suspicious minds if he signs for us. No, he might return to sender. Yeah, so the, the B team, prof. The B team, and a six 0 win. So hat trick for C block and goals for Idemo Imaku in Murakaman and Zeffi. Milan bound Zeffi so uh, great run out for the boys I wish I had seen Zeffi in the first team hearing nothing but good things nothing but good things supposed to be some very very good youth some youth coming up at Rovers so you wanted to wave goodbye to the Instagram footballer did you? yeah the Instagram footballers they all are nowadays but Brad's are now will mull over the contract what was that offer for Stokes he is believed to have interest from clubs in Turkey and Scotland and a move back to Dublin also appealed to him according to papers right which club in Turkey I want to know that. Maybe it's the draw the one. Trabs on Spar. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Stokes hasn't played in 16 months since uh, spelled in Iran. Whoa. Never kicked the ball for Livingston, even though he signed for them. <sighs> what are we getting ourselves into here? Is this the type of player we want? Be careful what we say because when he fires us still into the league <laughs> title. We, like... What? What? You had a glint in your eye there. I thought, thought you were trying to eat more puns. Oh, I don't know, man. It's just... It was always on my mind, you know? 
I just think it's possibly the exact opposite of what Bradzer wants in an op- in a in a characteristic for a player. It just doesn't fit in to our ethos. Well, listen to Graham Cummins today on um, Con's podcast. That doesn't sound like the type of striker Bradley would like. He hates training. But he took a gamble on him for half a season. Pays your play. So Brazler likes a bit of a gamble now and then. <sighs> Pays your play. 50 quid a goal. I'll go for that. 50, if you score, you get paid. How about that? 500 quid a goal. There you go. That's 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 an incentive, isn't it? 500 quid a goal if 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 you want to play for hours. Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else. Pay for your gear as well. Pay for the electricity in the roll zone. Yeah, no, it's it's an odd one. We'll move on, prof. Move on before we get sued. But yeah, so an interview with Brad's out, he said he's not concerned with the O4 with us being our because we only lost three and thirty six and we just need to be more ruthless in the final tour. I think there's a little bit more delving into it. He's being uh, a bit diplomatic there. There's a little bit more delving into it. I think the lack of form and the way we're not playing well is is an issue. But once again, we're to, we're to joint top, and these are just little issues where little spoiled brats, you know, usually their iPad goes dead and they give out because the iPad's dead and the PlayStation controller doesn't work. You know, spoiled brat, first world problems. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Probably we can't really go delving into it anymore because we're still joint top. It's not that much of an issue. We're not mm. playing great. I'm sure there's more to worry about, right? We'll move on. Friday's results, Prof. Dundalk went down 1-0 in Longford, but they clawed one back, and I believe there was a penalty saving as well, and Pat Huben, no better man. Penalty saved, St. Pat's 2, Sligo 0, so a big win. They're just taking points off each other, left, right and centre, mm. so this is working in our favour at times. Sligo only a point in the last three now. Yep. We big bad balls, uh, beating Drogheda. 5-0 at home and we predicted this one as well we we knew there was a spanking coming they were the form team it was 4 goals by Georgie Kelly yeah Drogheda starting to smell themselves um, Harps won Dirty 2 Harps couldn't uh, make it 2 in a row and beat them some like zingers back and forth there between the two clubs Twitter accounts I saw that one of them was in very bad taste one of them uh, there was a dirty um, a dirty Twitter account said it wasn't the official one obviously but it said Dirty and Micah Destroying Donegal homes together or destroying Donegal together, I was like, "Damn, man, that's that's low, mm-hmm. that's low." You don't go that low, like that, like we said. There's things you say at matches and on Twitter and stuff like that. There's things you don't. That's low. People's livelihoods and things like that. You know, you don't. You don't go down that road. Um. Yeah. So that was that game, and then we went on to draw the. They lost the loud derby. What is that called? The Loud Derby, is that what it is? The Loud Derby. The Loud Derby. These are the Monday games. The Monday games. So Derry won, Sligo won. So Derry doing us a favour, taking points off Sligo. I think we had Will. Was Will Patchen gone back to Dundalk? Yeah? I'm thinking of the other game he played with. And we long for losing 1 0 at home. Or 2 1 to Waterford in the City Calling, or whatever they call that place now. And uh, that's a good win. For my bet, you boy. I said, oh, hey, boy. You, yeah, let's go back and go. That was the halftime talk from Mark Bertram. It's like Mark Bertram is here in the flesh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, I'm trying to think of London Cockney rhyming slang. Nothing's coming to me. Nothing's coming to me. Oh, are you Scotch pegs? <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck is a Scotch peg? <laughs> Leg. <laughs> or Scotch egg. I don't know. 
either way yeah Mark's Mark's heading off now thanks for joining us um, Longford yeah so Pat's beating 4-1 Harps 4-1 and that puts them top of the league it's only on goals scored different story from last year but that is the results there mm. so Prof tell me tell me on, you've, on the pod, you've got on the more podcast, um, I knew this would happen as soon as we had a bit of a blip after all the like your, your Alan Cody's and your Johnny Wars and all saying is the league over when we went five points clear nobody else was saying it was over only them and sure enough Johnny Ward last week goes jeez it nearly seemed to be over didn't it no stop, it didn't just stop talking Johnny will you but I do I, I do like him I do like him I do like listening to him he's the he's the class clown you could say you know he kind of gives you that vibe the buffoonery I do like him I will say that I do. he's very listenable and then I love the way Dan McDonald just puts him in his place every so often he's so whoosh like he just yeah. slaps the ball child get in there but yeah no it's um, and we had some I think it was Johnny again was it we had some stats such as if Roberts didn't score against Longford we'd only have one win in six if you take out our late goals we're eight points worse off you take out like balls like seeded goals they're eight points better off but the goals were scored Gar. So who cares? And if Prof didn't have a Mickey, his name would be Carla. <laughs> well, <laughs> we won't get into the whole gender thing, but and then we had a staff from Ray Wieninger. Go on, uh, Chef Ray, giving us the stats. You're gonna have to make a curry now to start putting them out, Prof. Over to you, Gar. Right, so Ray Wheeling joined in with a staff of his own. At LOI Central, he at the boys at Central Pod, LOI Central. He says, start of the day, lads. If Rovers didn't score in the 13th, 48, 68 and 68 minutes, then Warford would have won 1-0. That's how it works, right? <laughs> it's the same logic. He's right. He's right, like. Great. Fair play to Ray. Absolutely brilliant. But Dundar Prof, uh, in the shitter again. They are... Um, yeah, so that was Chris Shields' last game there against uh, Drogheda. And it was he's big. very funny, isn't he? Isn't he hilarious? Not quite the retirement speech of Padjo, I must say. Yeah, oh, he's a very funny person, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's gone up to Linfield, so he's taken the Queen's Pound. Nice little retirement fund from there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I love how he thanked the eight managers in eight years that he's had. I'm including Vinnie Perth there, the two spells. He's had eight managers in eight years, and he said thanks to them. Five of them were there in the last couple of months. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Crazy stuff. It's a total shit show, and I have to say, Agent Low, Agent Jamesy boy, he's doing fantastic work delving deep into their archives. I think he's up to something, because he's, he's very, very sneaky. He finds out all the good info. What do you think of Vinny coming back? Oh, I think it's absolutely insane. Apparently half the dressing room don't even want him. Half of them are okay with him, a few like him. Like, uh, we're all God's children at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, if Vinnie Perth wants to come back, Vinnie Perth will say Vinnie Perth will come back. <laughs> I love how even Conan Byrne was having a go at him. Did like, Conan Byrne have a go at him? Yeah, like he has a lot of self-love. Self Now, whatever he does in the comforts <laughs> of his own privacy, you know what I mean? He says he's no self-respect by, by going back to the job where he was sacked from and, you know, Bill was interfering with the team selection. Though. But also, Conan, I don't... He said that Vinnie should have bided his time but I mean, it had been a year. 
What's that? Hold on. Who said that, Conan? What else are you going to do? It's not like he, is he getting any other offers. So he has no offers on the table and he gets offered a sustainable wage, I'm guessing, to come back and finish off what he probably felt was unfinished business. Mm. Conan, is, I think he's on the high horse now, trotting up to the ivory tower on that one. That's what no, I think. So I keep hearing that Vinny was a penalty kick away from winning a treble in 2019, right? Okay. But he was out of work for a year and he didn't get any offers. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. No offers whatsoever. So well, maybe he did, but... I, no, he didn't like, get any. I think Centra and Jobstown offered him <laughs> But like a bigger job than the dock in the, in the, in the top flight. Uh, no, you're not, he's not getting anything. But... Yeah, so maybe, maybe the, people are just finally <laughs> starting to know as he talks about himself in the third uh, person. Many <laughs> God's children. Uh, club reached a new milestone. Um, Tifties has pushed on the club once again. We have done fantastic work here. The members' corner has now amassed six hundred members, and a big thank you to Gary P and the Prof for pushing us up to six hundred. Mm-hmm. In all fairness, no, let's all joking aside. It's a fantastic number, six hundred members, Prof. Mm-hmm. I remember when it was three ninety. And that was only recently. Only recently. My anniversary is coming up as well. 2012. I think March or May 2012. 10 year anniversary as a member. I remember in the... Coffee cake, prof. Chocolate chip coffee and cake. And right? That's what I want. The Fenton era. And you knew... It wouldn't be sort of publicly announced, but you knew that the membership was down in the 300s. And it was always a kind of a disappointing thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You always so, just kind of imagined how if you, how much you could get to a thousand's the next goal. That's the age, isn't it? A thousand. It was just a shame that it dropped below, you know, the the magic number of four hundred. How it all began. So well, now we're here with six hundred. And if you got your program today or Wednesday or Thursday morning, as you listen to this, actually says who the six hundred man was. Go on. It was a man by the name of Robert Seal. Robert Seal. Is it any relation to the Seals of the Liberties? Could be. Could be. Or one of your woke mates. (laughs) But great stuff again. Once again, 600 is a fine round number, isn't it? Um, Big news for Aaron Mack, former Hoop. He will make his SPL debut against Celtic on the 31st of July. A baptism of fire profit, there ever was one. Is it in Celtic Park? I'm not sure. But either way, if there's fans in the ground, home game against Celtic for your debut in the SPL. Even in Celtic Park or at your home ground in Hearts. What's the name of the Hearts Stadium? Um... Yeah, fantastic stuff for Aramac. Brand new dad. It's looking good for him at the minute. Hopefully, uh, he's back on loan with us soon. Him and Jack. Back in the middle, that's the rumour as well. Isn't the Jack rumours? Will we address that? Will we, adge- will we address the Jack rumours coming back on loan to get his fitness? <laughs> I think we'll leave that for another day. But with uh, Portsmouth and Burton looking to get Gavin Bazuna on loan next season. How about that? Al's going to go eventually. Aramac, Jack... <laughs> Gavin Bazunu and goal Stokesy Tell Stokesy Tell think about that for the team um, uh, so Prof we have the underage games and they're coming up we have Shamrock Rovers against uh, Dundalk FC and this is the under 19 EA Sports League of Ireland Cup Prof it's on the 26th to the 27th um, big one so it's on Sunday the 27th 3pm now obviously there's no fans we've Saturday the 26th of June the SRFC Academy under 17 EA Sports League of Ireland Fixture is Shamrock Rovers versus Waterford FC again, and uh, we haven't had to the Roadstone project. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, so we have the under 17s ladies team, and they are playing against Athlone in uh, the Athlone Town Stadium on the 26th. Then we have the 27th of June, Prof. This is a jam packed fixture. We've Club Kildare, who I think we're affiliated with. It's a feeder team for us, and we're playing them in a fixture, as far as I know, in Tougher Park, Togar Park, T O U G H E R, Tougher, Togar. 
the parking kill there. Sean McGrover loses kill there. Half three. And then our last fixture is Club Kildare again in the SRFC Academy Roadstone EA Sports League of Ireland. And it is uh, Sean McGrover's Club Kildare and that is 3pm kickoff. So all of our youth are up and having a heavy weekend there. So hopefully we get a couple of results, bro. Yeah, best luck to them. They've been waiting a long time. Cracking uh, up. The players and the parents and the coaches waiting a long time for the underage setup to come back. So, uh, yeah. The youth. So, um, Prof, yeah, we've got um, a very emotional tearjerker coming up again. Prof has done it once again. He's always at it. He knows how to tug on the heartstrings of the Rovers fans. And we have next up the the life of the party, as he's known, Paddy Delahunty. Hi all, it's Emma Wheatley here. Thank you so much to Tales from the East End for the opportunity to share some memories and stories in honour of our friend Paddy Delahunty. I'm not sure I'll capture what Rovers meant to Paddy or what Paddy meant to Rovers for that matter, but I will try my best. So Paddy and I actually grew up quite close to each other in Beaumont, but I would have known his brother Stephen growing up rather than Paddy or Paco as he would have been known. It wasn't really until the late 90s when Dad and I started noticing the same Rovers fan waiting for the 16 bus down to Tolka a couple of times that we stopped and offered him a lift. And that just became a regular occurrence. We'd collect Paddy on the Beaumont Road. He'd head straight into Tolka to sell programmes and Dad and I'd go for a drink. But then Paddy would always maybe join us on the way home around Tolka or maybe for, you know, a few points locally after games. And that's really where our Rovers friendship began. And anyone who was lucky enough to have known Paddy and spent any time at all in his company knew his love for Rovers and the lengths that he would go to make sure he was at every game possible. So whether that was making work work around Rovers or traveling to the other side of Europe, so Israel, Serbia, Russia, Paddy always made sure he was there supporting his team. Just to give you one example of the lengths that he would go, Paddy got his driving license and bought his first car the year we played in the first division, so 2006. And this was literally days before we played Cove down in St. Coleman's Park. And Paddy was determined he would drive. So I was co-pilot, a nervous co-pilot, but co-pilot all the same. And we hit the worst traffic on the M9. And he kept cutting out on ill starts. And then we took the wrong turn coming into Cork. So we ended up having to take the Passage West Ferry across the River Lee. And I was panicking that we would sink. And Paddy was panicking that we'd miss kickoff. But we made it and he was delighted. His determination definitely paid off. And he was always so happy at Rovers, whether we were winning or losing or he was hurling abuse at opposition players or referees. He was always happy. Actually, Paddy takes full credit for Michael O'Neill not signing Anto Murphy in his first year in charge. Rovers played a pre-season friendly down in Killarney. Paddy had managed till starts by that stage and Anto was on trial for the game. And honestly, he would have gotten less grief had he actually been up in court. So you all have Paddy to thank for that, that Anto Murphy did not sign for Rovers. And that determination was really part of his character in both the good times in plotting his trips across Europe and the bad times 
when he was determined that he'd built be he'd beat his illness. And there are so many stories and the lads will share much better ones than I did. But not a game goes by that Paddy isn't missed or isn't mentioned. And even away from Rovers, Paddy's infectious laugh and his oh, we've time for a quick point glint in his eye would be irresistible. And he was so, so generous with his time, his money and of course his hugs. And he really, really would have loved these players and this management team. So it's heartening to know that while the rest of us were bemoaning the fact that we couldn't watch Rovers during the pandemic and during restrictions, that Paddy had the best seat in the house next to the rest of our Rovers family who have all left us before we were ready. So keep on hooping, Paddy. We are determined to continue to sing and support Rovers just as loud as you did. Thanks very much for having me on to say a few words about Paddy. Um, my name is Stephen Delahunty and I was Paddy's brother. Uh, Paddy to me was a super guy. Um, he absolutely loved Rovers. He was at his happiest when watching Rovers, um, even during tougher times. But I suppose especially when they finally got a home, the success during the O'Neill years and certainly the trips around Europe. Um, Paddy's gift to me really was Rovers. Uh, I only understood the importance of his Rovers family and the club um, and how great everyone was after he passed. So for me, it was a major regret not to have gone to, to Tala with him while he was here. Um, I mean, we grew up together, we partied together, we worked together, but we never shared Rovers. But the support shown by his Rovers family when he passed was, was really emotional. Um, and I could see why he loved the club. Uh, Paddy uh, was a true gent. Um, he was a great friend and a great brother. Um, everyone he met had kind words to say about him. He loved the simple things, just a point where his pals watching Rovers or the horses uh, or just going for a game of golf. Uh, but to me, he was a, an absolute hero uh, with the strength um, that he showed during his lengthy battle with cancer. He never uh, once lost his uh, sense of humour, no matter how tough things got. He was always one for a laugh. Um, he did absolutely love a good moan too, but he was as likely to lend an ear as born one. Um, we've we've had some great success with our Play for Paddy football tournament since he passed. We played that in his name and has managed to raise 25k for cancer charities and Francis Hospice. Um, and a lot of people listening to this would have supported that. So so thanks for keeping the memory of Paddy alive and thanks for supporting the event. Um, so I suppose uh, I'll leave you with something that you may not know about Paddy. Uh, Paddy was a champion nappy thrower. Uh, so when we were kids, Paddy used to use his nappy as a weapon. And me, my brother and sister would have to dodge wherever was um, launched at us in that nappy uh, as Paddy looked to hit one of us with it. Um, it wasn't a pretty game uh, or a clean one uh, and certainly not a, a, a fun clean up operation for my mum afterwards. Um, but uh, uh, thanks for, for putting together this for Paddy um, and thanks for listening. Cheers. Hi, my name is Scott Kerwin. I'd just like to share a few memories of my friend Paddy Delahunty. I first met Paddy as a few of the other lads have established in 1994. He was 12 or 13 at the time. My mate Ian was dating his sister Elaine and Paddy was brought along a few times and eventually caught the Rovers bug. There was a time he was probably a third wheel in the relationship. 
As he got older and discovered the demon drink, he used to join us in the pubs on match days. Anyone who knew Paddy knew he wasn't blessed in the looks department, though this was made up for in his overwhelming confidence and bravado when it came to talking to the ladies. Paddy was a great one for the slagging, but we gave it back in equal measure. We used to slag him and say he looked like Larry Burns, who was a character from the TV series The Simpsons. Paddy had a penchant for younger ladies, so we composed a ditty for him to the tune of a famous Arson Wenger song. If you know, you know. All in jest, of course. Some of the slagging was close to the bone, but it was just mates being mates. We enjoyed some good trips away together, including a European trip against Jura Gardens and a trip to Surrey for Andy, Thor- Andy Thornton's wedding in 2003. I'm sure Paddy was single-handedly responsible for introducing the cocktail Faffrog to the south of England. We had everybody drinking them by the end of the weekend. There's a bit of an age gap between Paddy and the rest of us, so it was inevitable that Paddy would want to ditch us for a younger crowd, especially when they were good-looking ladies. So we were eventually reduced to the occasional hello at matches as time went by. I heard rumblings a few months before he died that he wasn't well. I hadn't seen him in quite a while and he had kept things very quiet. This was confirmed one day with a chance meeting with his mother through my job. She just presumed we knew. I got words that things had deteriorated rapidly and that he had been moved into a hospice, which is never a good sign. Ian Cavanagh, Justin Mason and myself drove out to see him one Sunday afternoon. We brought him a bag laden with football magazines, papers, sweets, loads of stuff like that. I always remember how weak and trembling he was taking the bag off us. It was a real shock to, to the system to see our much younger friend, who was maybe 32 at the time, in such a fragile, painful state. I remember the collective shock the three of us expressed when we left the hospice that day. As fate would have it, my job had been moving location regularly at the time, and only mere days after he passed away, I was assigned to Rohini. It was a surreal, sobering lunchtime I spent sitting talking alone to my departed friend in the hospice. I'll always remember the day of his funeral. We were sitting, listening to all the eulogies about him, and I just couldn't get that little ditty out of my head. Had Paddy been sitting beside us, he would have caught, of course, thought this was hilarious. He was a... A unique character, Paddy, and we all miss him. Hi, Jeffrey Stroud here with a few words on our old pal Paddy Delahunty. Suppose I first met Paddy through Ian Kavanagh and he soon became part of our group at Rovers, with Joe Scott Kerwin, Alan Kelt as well. And despite being a bit younger than us, he, he did, of course, get loaded into selling programmes too, okay? But we shared some many great and not so great times following the Rovers, both home and away, a fantastic few days in Paris with Ireland and a legendary wedding in England. But my best memory of Paddy was in Belgrade. Only 45 Rovers fans or so travelled. And and, uh, and I, didn't, I didn't even know Paddy was going until I got a knock on my door with the words, are you going for a point in true Paddy style? So we started heading out with some other hoops that were staying in the same hotel as us. And we got stopped by the, the police who were outside. And they decided to give us an escort. They asked us where we were going. So we, we all did said, actually, we're going to look at tour stuff. And we got a police escort around Belgrade for most of the day. So we eventually lost them and settled down for a few points in the soaring 40 degrees heat. Late on, when Paddy heard um, Mon and the backroom team were on the floating nightclub on the River Danube, we were off. Paddy loved it. Beautiful women dancing to turbo funk with a super doctor in the middle of it all with his trusty briefcase, much to everyone's amusement. The game itself has been well documented and, and glad Paddy was there to see it. I will always treasure the photo I have of Paddy 
And Albert White at the end of the game in Partizan Stadium, we had done it. Rovers were in the Europa, Europa League. Paddy was a great hoop, home and away, and his, he loved his European troops, trips at Rovers. Keep on hooping wherever you are, Paddy. Hi, everyone. Ian Kavner here. I'm delighted Emma asked me to say a few words about our old friend Paddy Delahunty. Um, I suppose I'm, I first met Paddy in the early 90s um, when, I was, when I was going out with his sister Elaine. Um, Paddy was mad into football um, and he was an Aston Villa at the time. Probably didn't really have any interest at all in uh, the League of Ireland. So Elaine would come to some of the Rovers matches with me. And eventually we got Paddy to come, or Paddy wanted to come. Um, we went in 1994. Um, it was his first match when I'd say Paddy was about 12 or 13. I think it was one of the Bowes Cup games at Daily Mount. We were on the terrace end, the shopping centre end behind the goal. Um, I think there could have been maybe 10,000 at that game. And so um, Paddy said that that was the moment he knew he would be a hoop from then on. Uh, he would probably then come to games then a little bit later. With myself, Justin, Jer, Scott, Andy, and the rest of all the lads, um, we had countless away trips with him, um, up and down the country, uh, a famous and or an infamous, I should say, wedding in the UK where Paddy was in great form. Um, myself and Paddy also went to the two thousand FA Cup final in London, with between Chelsea and Villa. Because so, uh, Paddy was uh, a Villa fan and I'm a Chelsea fan. So Paddy said he had the tickets, no problem, but we didn't get them until 24 hours before the game. So we were a bit on edge waiting for those tickets to come, I tell you. But fair play to Paddy. He got the tickets, and um, but he wasn't too happy when I drenched them with coke when Di Matteo scored the winner. But um, we had a great night in London after that. Uh, Paddy, it was just a pleasure to be with him on any trip you went with him. He was a great crack and just such a lovely fella. And all the lads, I know we miss him so much at the matches, you know. I still miss hearing Paddy say, hello, Baldy, every time he'd come in to buy a programme off me in our various home grounds over the years. And probably the main thing I remember about Paddy was that um, that whenever you'd meet Paddy and he had a Guinness or three inside him, he would always give me a big hug and thank me for introducing him to the Rovers family and that his life was all the better for having Rovers in it. So um, we all love and miss Paddy and... Um, that's about it. Just so, um, thanks Emma for asking me to say a few words about Paddy. Um, so, all right. Thanks, folks. Chat you later. Bye. 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 Uh, hello. Um, my name is Justin Mason. Um, some of you may know me as Juz. Um, and I am honoured that I have been asked to talk about um, my good friend of, of many years, uh, Paddy Delahunty. Um. But before I start, guys, I just wanted to... Obviously, there was other lads who wouldn't go to Rovers as much as they used to, who was part of our group. Um, and they knew Paddy as well as the rest of us. And I just wanted to get their thoughts before I give my own. So um, I will just read these out now. The first one is, is uh, Dave Bonham. It would have been um, with us at a lot of games in the times of Talca. Um, early years at Tala, um, around Santry, around Daly, around the whole lot. And I just asked him for his memory of Paddy, and I also asked Andy Thornton, who, well, you remember Andy would have saw programmes with us as did Paddy. Um, and um, Andy moved to England, and one of the best trips we had as a group was, was at Andy's wedding in 2003, where Paddy was the, the life and soul of the party. But 
I will um I will just give you these two memories first before we talk about my own. So Dave, um, I remember Paddy coming out to the dogs for my birthday. He kept placing bets for me for my birthday, even though I told him not to. Every single bet he won, he just kept coming back from betting chaos and trying money at me. Needless to say, we both got fairly drunk that night. I know it's not Rovers related, but I would never have met him unless it was for Rovers and rumoured him on away trips. He was one of the funniest, fun-loving and kindest lads I've been proud to call a friend. And that was from Dave. And then from Andy. Um, Paddy was one of the popular guests at my wedding reception, knocking back as many fat frogs as possible. I'm pretty sure my son Aaron and his couple of mates spotted him in a dark tournament on TV about a year later. Paddy was unforgettable to them and he was the life and soul of the party. I don't think there would be any arguments of, those, of that of those who met him. So I first met Paddy myself in, in 1994, the famous 4-2 game we beat Bowles and Dalymont in early November 94. Um, how I met Paddy was through Ian Kavner. Ian was a programme seller and has spoken on this. Ian was um, dating Paddy's sister, Elaine, at the time. And even when Ian and Elaine unfortunately split up, Paddy was still uh, would still come to games and, and Ian and myself we, he was the babby of our group when we sort of took him under our wing and again he was at my 24th I think he was one of the youngest non-family members of my 24th and Paddy was only 16 when I was uh, 21 but he, he, he was he was great that night again even at that age you could sense that he was life and soul of the party so Paddy would have been everywhere with us would have sold programmes would have come to Things with us, and then the first trip we went away with him was Stockholm in in two thousand two. It was myself, himself, and Scott Kerwin went, and we 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 some crack over those two three days in Stockholm when we played Joe Gardens. Um, as you probably would be aware, everyone like I mean, there was a lot of very attractive looking women in in Sweden, and Scott and myself, more so myself, probably the old Irish Catholic upbringing, would be afraid to go over and say anything to them because like they were. Probably completely fed out of my leg. But Paddy, no problem. Good night, one them. Hello, how are you? Lovely day, isn't it? I just couldn't believe it. I just thought it was absolutely... It, it was hilarious. And even later that year, and I'm looking at... As I'm talking here, I'm looking at the picture of that day when we lost the cup final to Derry. There's a picture of about six of us taken in the living room, I think it's called. I'm not sure what it was called then, after the cup final. And a few of us then went out to City West. And uh, Luke Demetz, who had just signed for us that season, was obviously there. And his wife, or his part, girlfriend at the time, excuse me, was there. And Paddy goes, I'm going off to talk to her. I was like, oh yeah, right, whatever. And uh, five minutes later, looking over, and there's Paddy, her, and Luke deep in conversation. He come back off, oh, she's gorgeous, going off to chat again. It was just, he didn't care. He was going to talk to her, and that was it. And it was a sign of, of Paddy, how he... He lived life to the full, and you know what? He was right to do that. Um, this is the hard bit, guys. I think it's when Paddy was 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 diagnosed. Um, again, Paddy wouldn't tell you. There's a picture of me when I'm at the lunch at Tallet time, and this is only about seven months before he passed, and he looks fine. Now we just look at Paddy. The two of us are standing there listening to. I think it's. 
because I think Card is in the pitch, so McDermott must have been talking at the time. Um, and he just looked fine. And then we're on one match in late 2013, and the Welfare had been in having a hospital checkup. I won't mention his name because just due to confidentiality, obviously, and they just don't want to put him in the spot. And he said to Ian, Ian was on the phone, and he said, Is Paddy unwell? And Ian said, No, not that I'm aware of. And he said, I saw him when he was in hospital having a checkup. So again, we were told that, didn't think, I just thought uh, maybe he was just in visiting someone. And then one day in January 2014, Emma Wheatley rang me and told me, and I just felt as if my the bottom of my world was collapsing. I was sitting in the, standing in the canteen one late Friday evening, walking around, and I had to sit down when, when, when Emma told me what happened. So I'd ring Emma every couple of days and then told all the lads, and so... One Sunday, myself, uh, Scott Kerwin and Ian Kavner went out to see him and uh, we got a bit of a shock when we saw him. Uh, sort, of, sort of took us, took us, sort of hit us hard, won't lie. Um, and, but it was typical, Paddy um, was telling us about Fauna Finn had come in with a signed jersey and don't worry lads, I, I'm just here That's for a break. I'll be back for the first game against Derry in four weeks time. And he was adamant, and, and he was still the same old Paddy, still joking, still. And he left there in, in good form that day, trying to think, well, I'll go, go out and see it again. And then 10 days later, um, he, he passed away. Yeah, it's it's not a, not a, not a day really goes by when I don't think of him. Um, I don't think of it. Like, you wouldn't want to be sensible to him. He's great crack. He, He'd take the Mickey away, but he, he, he equally he'd he'd let you do the same. Um, it's it's it, it still it still hits me, you know. Especially the last couple of years, we've been successful in winning cups, and like there's a picture of myself. There's a few of us all together that day, and and the one that's notably missing is Paddy, and then winning the league last year, you know, you, you think of him again, and how he would have loved that, and especially the cup one in 2019, that would have been been phenomenal um, look I think you just have to see how popular he was at Rovers I mean at his funeral there was lads that I would have thought never would have talked to Paddy in matches he met them all through Europe and it just shows what a what a Rovers family we have that the amount of Rovers people there that day was absolutely phenomenal and you just have to see what, what the folks did with the play for Paddy how popular that was and how how um how many people would turn up and play. I, I, I didn't play. It's supposed to be a memory of his passing, or a memory of Paddy, and I wouldn't insult him by trying to play in it, to be honest. Though he did play with me in the P.O.R. for either sides, um, and again, the crack in them was brilliant. Um, look, I, I got to know, through Paddy, I got to know members of his family, um, Elaine, obviously, and Stephen, who were, and, and other members, and who who are lovely people and I'm sure they, they miss him every day but they are listening to this just to let you know we think about him all the time even at my wedding in my speech I mentioned Paddy because he would have been there if he was if he was still physically with us but he still is with us in, in every other way to me what this shows about Shamrock Rovers as a football club is just it's not just about the football it's the people like this guys I talk to all the time and their only connection is Rovers but it's what we do after that we talk about other things and it's great 
but I will never met Paddy Delahunty if Shamrock if it wasn't for Shamrock Rovers. And if that's all Rovers ever gave me, I'd be ecstatic. It's given me so much more, but if that's all it was to give me, I'd be ecstatic. I'll stop now, guys. I've probably bored you, and I'm probably hearing my voice. I'm starting to get a little emotional. Paddy, wherever you are, I hope they're looking after you, and I hope you're keeping well. Keep on hooping, buddy. Take care. Hi, folks. It's Dave Kane here. Uh, thanks to the lads for having me on, and thanks to Emma for asking me to say a few words about Paddy. Um, I didn't know Paddy as well, or, or probably for as long as some other hoops. Um, but we did strike up a, a good friendship over a number of years. Um, I've recorded this on on the day of the Champions League draw. Uh, beautiful day outside, the sun is shining, and it does bring back a lot of memories of times that I spent and shared with Paddy. Um, originally would have got to be in his company in Copenhagen uh, for the away trip in 2011. Um, would have travelled to Kazan with him that same season. Um, I think the following year we would have been in, in Vilnius together. Um, and so, yeah, today I suppose it, it brings back memories of what may have been, you know, they're, they're probably would have been texts back and forward uh, to figure out how we were going to get over to Slovakia or what have you. Um, in terms of Paddy himself then as a person, um, like I said, I, I, I knew him for a few years. Um, other people may have known him longer than I did. He was a fella who most of us, I think, would have known to see, uh, to say hello to to give the, the rovers not to um someone who you knew that who they were but they may never have been in their company and i suppose that's the thing with for any of us who've been lucky enough to be on one or more european away trips you, you end up in the company of people who who you know but you don't know but you get to know if that makes sense uh, and paddy was one of those people who i got to know between uh 2011 and, and his untimely passing in 2014 um like i said we went to uh we went to copenhagen we also went to belgrade and uh, not together but ended up in the same hotel and, and spent some time there and, and what an occasion that was and patty was always good company um very affable very likable uh very approachable you know you can see why he you can see why he, he was so popular um amongst rovers fans uh and why he you know, would have been known by quite a lot of people. Others who I'm, I'm sure have also paid tribute. Um, a couple of things that stand out about Paddy. I went to see him in, in St. Francis Hospice in Rohini about, um, about 10 days, maybe two weeks before he passed. I spent about an hour uh, in his company. It was uh, probably the start or would have been around the start of February. Rovers were in pre-season. Um, and it was quite startling. Um, he hadn't told many people that he was ill. Um, and I'm not sure whether that was because he didn't want to burden people. Uh, or whether he just never realised how popular he was. He was that humble. Um, that I just don't think he gave any cognizance to uh, how people would have reacted and I suppose the, the, the outpouring of concern that there would 
have been for him. Uh, the second thing that struck me, um, and I actually had to I had to get in touch with Emma Weekly uh, after I'd been in with Paddy because I left that hospice that day, um, and Paddy had convinced me that um, subconsciously had convinced me that he would be at Rovers that coming season uh, that he had a life to look forward to uh, and for somebody in the situation where they're in a hospice uh, you know palliative care end of life you know how do you even begin to try and think about how you would deal with that uh, Paddy was very resolute uh, and like I say I actually had to I actually had to give Emmett a shout and say, have I missed something here? Is Paddy just in here for a bit of respite? Or what's the story? Um, because he, I mean, he was fighting this this disease that had been at him for, for a year, maybe 18 months. Um, and he was looking forward. He was making plans. I'd spoken to Paddy Sr. after the event and he'd tell me that, Paddy had actually booked a booked a holiday for that summer, you know, um, and I think it's a it's a it's a testament to the to the man and to the courage of Paddy um, that he was able to deal with the, with his illness uh, with that fortitude, if you like, um, and I think it's certainly a certainly a lesson for us all in terms of whatever whatever hand we're dealt with and to have been dealt with so early in life as well in his early 30s i think that just makes it even more um even more difficult to comprehend and, and more difficult to deal with um but look it's very sad uh paddy was a good friend for those years and and again as that's the shame is there would have been there would have been plenty more occasions and i suppose it's a, a day like today where it's poignant it does bring back those memories um but great memories, great times uh, in that period, particularly 2011, um, to be a Rovers fan. Uh, and so we raise it. We raise a, a, a toast to you, Paddy. Um, and we raise a, a, a cheap foreign lager, 30 cent a pint, and say um, thanks for the times that we had together, had together and keep on hooping. Karen Cosgrove here. Paddy Delahunty, where do I begin? What a man. Um, I was lucky to know Paddy since I was a kid, fellow Rovers fan from Martin. And I think it's fair to say that Paddy was always happiest at Rovers. I mean, it was rare to see him any day of the week wearing anything without a Rovers crest on it. I've lots of memories um, with Paddy, especially at Rovers. Player of the Year 2010, he bidded for Pat Flynn's jersey. And I'm not sure why, but he trusted me to mind the jersey that night and to make sure it returned home safely to our town. And I was under some very strict instructions. So the next morning he arrived knocking on the door. I'm pretty sure it was like 10 or 11 a.m. A lot of sore heads. So I had to trick him and pretend that I lost the jersey and left it in a taxi. Needless to say, I couldn't let the joke go on too long because he was fuming. <laughs> he saw the funny side of it in the end. Probably one of my fondest memories with Paddy um, was in London, Ricer's goal at the 51st minute. 
And I think it's something that will always stay in my mind. I've never seen Paddy so happy and bursting with such pride. Maybe the 12 pints beforehand had something to do with the celebrations, but it's certainly something that will always stay with me. Or the time that he had a rant when the dock took on Finner. My God, he was fuming. He was cursing him and calling him all sorts. But being from Artane, he was entitled to do so. Or so he thought anyway. Personally, my favourite memories are the post-match analysis on the drives home from wherever we were in Ireland. Or strolling into our local, the A1 pub, prepared for the abuse from the bar staff. Whether we won or lost, we were still abused. On the north side, wearing a Rovers jersey, walking into the pub. But I have to say, it was always great crack, because Paddy always gave them some stick back. Paddy always said that Rovers was a big family. And I have to say, he was right. One thing that will always stay in my mind was when Ronan Finn and Shane Robinson came to visit Paddy in the hospice. It's something I'll be forever grateful for, because it really did lift his spirits when he needed it. Paddy had green and white running through his blood. He was one of the funniest and kindest people I've ever had the pleasure of calling my friend. My God, he really was Rovers true and true. And there's no doubt that he's up there now, cheering on Rovers, ranting as well, and celebrating the wins. K.O.H. Paddy. Hi, Paddy O'Flynn here. Um, it's an honour and a privilege to be able to come on and talk about Paddy. Someone I got to know during my time at Rovers and I'm so glad I did get to know him because any time I spent in his company... We always had a bit of crack and he was so nice too. Uh, the first time I met Paddy was down in Sligo. we just beaten him underneath the floodlights. And we went over to celebrate with the fans and we probably milked it a bit more than we should have. But I ended up talking to Paddy for a while after the match and it, it just struck me how much he loved his club and how much he loved me, to be honest. He wouldn't stop kissing me on the cheek, but uh, it always stuck in me how much he loved Rovers. The next time I met him was the player of the year night and... I think most people would know Paddy used to bid on my jersey. I don't know why every year, but um, this particular year I was glad he got it because it gave me a chance to get in a photo with the great man himself. and um, It's a photo we still have. Uh, but not only that, um, we went to the bar after uh, with loads of other Rovers fans and with a few points and a few more points and had a big sing-song then. And I just I couldn't get over how all the other Rovers fans and his friends were around him. He had this aura about him. He, he was funny, kind, nice, a bit mad. But the biggest compliment I'd give to Paddy was that he was always there. And I know it mightn't sound like a compliment, but we'd go up to Finn Harps on a Tuesday night and Paddy be there. We'd go to Copenhagen and Paddy be there. We'd go to Belgrade and Paddy be there. We'd go to play Juventus. And walking down the streets in Modena with a slab of cans in his hand was Paddy. He was always there. Um, when I found out Paddy passed away, um, I couldn't get over it, to be honest. And um, I was glad to go to his funeral because he was there for us so much. It was nice to be there for him for once. But to hear the stories that his friends and his family and the Rovers fans had to say about Paddy, um, it just showed the high regard in which he was held. Um, and I think stuff like this is important too because... Paddy was one of those Rovers fans. He was there for some dark days and I'm delighted he was there for some great days as well. But he always kept the green flag flying high and we think it's important we keep singing the songs and mentioning his name and telling the stories about Paddy and donating to the hospice. Um, as long as we keep doing that, Paddy Delahunty will never die.
Yeah, Prof, that was a. Uh, I have to say, I actually laughed out loud <laughs> at the the world champion Nappy Trower. <laughs> oh, he fucking spat the coffee all over the laptop. It was hilarious. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, what a guy, what a guy. And in fairness, when I was putting on the Tifties five aside, I went out to play for Paddy the tournament and I just told myself, I can't do this. Like, this is far too. They had technology. They had. Uh, people typing in results and the electronic timers and everything it was it was so advanced and they did they did inspire me to obviously put the tifties five side on but it was great 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 day out everyone was so helpful but what a guy what a guy this is am i no that's that's something i think i wish i had a time machine or a delorean i'd go back i want to be on that boat with the dock oh yeah with paddy with the lovely ladies the super doc the super doc all dancing in the night away on the, the, the Danube the ladies was a bit of a team there wasn't it, it was <laughs> yeah he was a ladies man wasn't he he was fearless great to hear all that and some emotional tones there with Joe's mm. just about to break into tears sounds like a guy we get along with fond of a point and a European away trip and certainly likes to talk as well so great yeah. stuff and uh, <laughs> who called him Larry Burns Larry from Burns the <laughs> and when I heard it first I just thought oh my god brilliant <laughs> Hey, <laughs> yeah. That was um, uh, Dave Kane making his podcast debut. Dave Kane was brilliant. Yeah, Dave Kane was great. That's something actually I've always wanted to get on the podcast. Um, remember my article from a few weeks ago about Sligo trying to copyright SRFC? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dave used to torment them on Twitter about that every couple of years. Like, how's the copyright case going there, Sligo? <laughs> <laughs> and they blocked them. And tell us this, Kaner, if you're listening, Kaner. Tell us, are you related to the Canes from the infamous hotbed of talent that is Captain's Road slash Crumlin, Dublin 12? There's a couple of Canes on Captain's Road. Let us know if you're related. That's Flagman. Flagman is a ah, Flagman of the Canes. So, great contribution by Flat, Pat Flynn as well. Ah, Flynner, yeah. Great. Just a really genuinely lovely fella, you know. And a big thanks to Emma Weasley, who uh, she, she ran point in all this. She pulled all these contributions together. So, uh, yeah, big thanks to Emma. It was, that was a fantastic one. Uh, pretty much a co-host at this stage, Prof. There's your next co-host for an I'm off of me Hollybops. <laughs> Actually, delete that. Delete the fact that I said Hollybops. Actually, you can leave that in, but I retract <laughs> Hollybops. I retract saying that word, right? I apologise profusely. Um, yeah, so there's your, there's, your, there's your co-host now, Prof. The, the Wheats and Prof. So what have we got now? We have our Prof... I've had enough stress this week, you know that? Starting 11s and predictions. Oh, here we go. This is Jim Actually, Conroy's favourite segment. He loves your agony. <laughs> right, we're going... Ma- Are we going Manus? Yes, Manus. Jesus Christ, I'm actually... Okay. I'm trying to think of my left, my left sides are... We've no Cabo, we know Ferrugia. No, it's not going Mac and Morphy, right? It's gonna have to be Pico, Pico, Pico Grace, Pico Grace, and Hor. Finn right wing back. Ronan Finn is back. Mm. Ronan Finn is playing. Ronan Finn is back right wing. I know where you're putting him right wing back, but I thought you were gonna put Finn in for McCann. No, he's not going in, Prof. Finn's going on right wing back. I think it's a. I think it's more of an issue than McCann. And McCann's mm. injured now. But it's more of an issue. Well, then green in for McCann. Where, as in, 
Not like for like. But yeah, you know, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. The start I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So we've got um, scales left wing back. Uh, it's I loved I loved seeing Danny high up the pitch. I really did. Are we gonna have to drop him back in? We're gonna have to put him in there. So we're gonna have we've got Deegan coming in as well. So we're gonna have to find something to kick him. I'm sure he'll get a lovely reception from our thousand fans yeah, in Tallinn. Yeah, I was saying this to him. Said said that was a great appearance on Carly's call there. Thanks for all the ammo. I just opened up my pocket and I just put it in there. It goes, that's the ammo. You never played at Wembley, is that right? You missed out on Hampton Park. You got left out of the squad in the final. Okay, I'll put that in my pocket there. Thank you very much. <laughs> never set foot in Wembley. Oh, it's unfortunate, wasn't it? But um, who we got? So I'm going to go Gary Gary O'Neill in the middle. Uh, Finn O'Reilly went back. Centre. It's going to be Danny. I want him to play up there. Oh, do you know? I'm going for it. I'm going for it, right? I'm putting O'Neill in the middle with um No, I'm not going for it. I'm gonna put so I'm gonna have Green up front with Gaffney. I'm gonna have Borky up there. I'm gonna have to play Mandrew in with Gary O'Neill again. Unfortunately I'm gonna have to shoehorn him in. But I think Gannon needs to be dropped because that is a source of where we're conceding our goals and he's not playing well. No, I'm I'm playing Daniel position, but he can play there. Do you know what I mean? He's capable. But I just I can't justify putting Gannon in because I think he's been so poor. So Finner's going back out there, plus we have the option to put Finner in there and we, we can we can bring someone on if if needs be. So Green or Gaffney up front again with Borky, Danny in the middle with Gary O'Neill, left wing back. You've got scales, you right wing back, you've got Finner and the two boys, three boys centre half with Manus. That's the way. Do you think Brazil might surprise us and start him back? I was going to say it, but I would have had to take out Green, Gaffney, or Bork. So they're not, that's not options. They're not options for me. They're not options for me. Can he play right wing back? No. Where idea. else do you, are you going to play him, like, play him left wing, scales, and then put Finner? There's no, I can't, I can't, no, I'm sticking with the team I have. I'm dropping Gannon. I just think he's been a source of weakness for us and I'm going to go I'm going to go one of those sunny you said it's going to piss rain didn't you? Mm-hmm. Well the sun's going to shine right? It's going to be one of those sunny days in Tala 3-0 win Green and Gaff need to get the goals and Oidem out the score off his bench off the bench Ah you're stealing my prediction oh. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying 2-0 with uh, Maku to come off the bench get the second Yes 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 what about your starting 11? Yeah, same eleven. Like like you, I I I was thinking of starting uh, a Maku, but I don't know where where to put him. Yeah, because you're gonna drop somebody that like you could drop do you drop Greener again and put Maku in? Mm. He was dropped for balls. All I know is Finn and Gary O'Neill in. Yes, that's it. That's and the obvious two out. Yeah, lovely. That's it. So again, Prof. Thousand fans at the Friday's game. Members will have to see two. Uh, we get to see two games against Harps and Drogheda this season, and then um, season ticket holders will get Harps or Drogheda. So that's the way it worked. Uh, really, really happy with this. And Drogheda have are allowed uh, one hundred fans. One hundred fans in, yeah. and they say they're going to do a random draw to see who who gets in. I don't agree with that. Same way I don't agree with the Bowes thing. Random alphabetical. I think it should be just members and season ticket holders, and then. But if they've more than a hundred members, a raffle within them, a raffle within those members. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. some crusty flea bag who just rolled in on a penny farden bicycle. 
They're so crusty. <laughs> um, I love the stuff from last week, though. Um, because you're going to get a little bit of it again, aren't you? Because you're going to get season ticket holders who weren't at that Harps game, who this week is their first game back in 17 months. And some of the stuff last week was great, like Mick McCarthy interviewed outside, like the media horror he is. Oh yeah, uh, did he have the suit on? <laughs> not quite. Uh, there was a great picture of Daniel Lynch on Sportsfoil, you know, with the green hat and 600 badges on the hat. And uh, this was a tweet from uh, Carol Seal. He, he tweeted this before the Harps match, but it kind of applies uh, this week as well. He goes, my timeline is going to be full of two types of people tomorrow. One, excited, emotional Rowers fans. And two, bitter, confused hicks that can't understand why a UEFA Category 4 stadium with the league's biggest club is holding a game and the baron their granddad was born in isn't. <laughs> the baron their granddad was born in. Yeah, so uh, that is it, Prof. We're do the one thing, please do not forget. Check out Prof's article in program this year it is about USA 1961 Tommy Hamilton they always went over for um, the International Soccer League tournament they know they know league I won't say too, say too much you have to read the article but the Americans had no league so they just had random clubs come over and play tournaments and uh, we like we beat who, who was it Duke Prague no Duke Prague hammered us 10-0 but we beat Red Star Belgrade Red Star Belgrade so that's we've conquered Belgrade pretty much Yep. but this prof went delve deep into the archives and this reads like something from Three Castles Borden it's full of deadly interviews and it, it provoked thoughts from Tommy Hamilton like f- from when he was travelling through the states at the time like it's really really good it really paints a picture of being in the 60s in America and it was just class it really was with some really good memories from Tommy Hamilton it's an extra long one it's an extra long one just how prof rolls and this uh, is Tommy, who was like one of four survivor members from the 1957 team against Man United. And as he says himself, there's not many of them left. Yeah, like there was a little bit of pop culture in it as well, you know, talking about certain things that were happening at the time. The civil rights movement was around. and It's just really, really cool article. Really up my street now. It's definitely because it, it delves football in with like time travel, not time travel, but going back in time. It's a time capsule. Time capsule, there we go, bro. Time fucking travel. <laughs> Fucking Marty McFly. Time travel on your hollybops. On your oh jeez. <laughs> yes. And my final stack here. Don't worry, it's a good one. Mm. This will be Stephen Bradley's two hundredth game in charge of Rover. <sighs> nice one, yeah. Totally, totally jinxed. A fucking jinx. <laughs> oh god, I don't want to know anymore. But yeah, so we have the club shop as well. Prop open from four to half seven on Friday. So go in and get your merch. Get your get everything the blackout range that's get what you need get our new walkout jacket yeah. it's a beaut get yous our 10 euro bargain <laughs> bundle that's the deadly bundle by the way keep going that's that's all my users get yous our time. still in stock great toilet reading so that is it for this week we are quite upbeat despite a derby loss because we are forever the optimists with our glasses half yeah. full of puddle so see it on Perfect. Friday in the four probs Four Provinces is Rovers only on Friday, 2, 3 o'clock. Get down there, Google it. Four Provinces pub, Four Provinces brewery. We are going to be there slanching the pints of puddle. And uh, we look very much forward to doing that. We're going to click soon, Gert. As we keep saying, every week. We go again. We're going to click soon. If it takes Towel or even Anthony Stokes to do it, that's fine by me. Yeah, that's it. So that's it for this week. And keep on hooping.
Now or never, my love. 